0: this day you've made it for us to rejoice and be glad in we thank you for your son jesus we bless you we praise you and we honor you we love you we thank you lord open our ears so that we can hear open our hearts to receive what you have for us we honor you and we love you in jesus name amen and praise god amen 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 so today the lord told me to tell you it ain't what you think amen it ain't what you think amen 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 it ain't what you think Uh, y'all think this is miss pat savage but that's patty from the block amen (laughs) our girl patty from the block (laughs) amen that's right (laughs) so praise god amen but redeemed and serving god amen that's right amen redeemed and serving god so uh, you know there 's more to all of us than we know amen there 's more to god 's kingdom than we know so uh, our our quest as believers is to explore god 's kingdom by faith in his word and understanding that there are more truths to be revealed to us there 's more uh, to be released in our lives, more power to experience in our lives and more things that are happening good in god's kingdom if we learn how to dwell there and how to really abide with god trust him trust him trust him trust him and uh really really uh hone in on what God's doing and we can really really leave a blessed life amen a very blessed life so we're going to talk a little bit about the seed and how it grows and how to uh, keep the seed of the word alive <clears throat> in your life when we talk about fighting the good fight of faith and laying hold of eternal life we're talking about Grabbing onto the things that God has promised us. Well, eternal life really pertains to anything that's God ordained for your life. Anything that you can receive through the Word of God. Those are things that pe- pertain to eternal life. And so God wants us to always grab onto those things. Uh, He wants us to latch onto that life instead of the carnal life which is temporal, it's temporary, it's fleeting, it's deceptive, and it can, if we get caught up in the things of the natural realm, it can be a great waste of time for us uh, when we could be spending our time uh, in eternal endeavors and things that really belong to the Lord. I made up my mind that I would uh, expect different things from God, just through expectation and expectation really starts with your words it starts really in your heart your heart has to long for something and then uh, desire it and and then god will start to move you toward that thing and move that thing toward you and and then there's an expectation of good or expectation of god bringing that thing to pass and so um i i i I decided to live in a daily expectation of certain things. Uh, God using me, number one, and using me to do only the things that he would ordain in my life, using me for good things, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And I've seen some results. I've seen God answer. Now, the first thing my stupid mind, my carnal mind, which we all have some of that left over... I don't care how smart we think we are, we ain't that smart, he ain't smarter than God. And so uh, you know, the first thing your carnal mind wants to do when you move into something new in God, uh, what he wanted to do was keep you from moving into it. So that's what he does. He delay tactics. Are you too busy? You can't do this. Uh, you ain't supposed to be doing that. Well, if God wanted you to do that, you'd be doing it. You know, all that kind of nonsense. So you put that aside and you make up your mind. You're going to humble yourself before God and put the prayer out there and expect God to respond. Well, if he responds and you do something, then the next step for the devil to do is make you feel stupid. You didn't do it before. What took you so long? Look at all the time you've been wasting when you could have been doing. So you know what I'm saying. So you have to really have a mechanism inside your head with your heart that will not allow you to feel bad about things. I know that goes against everybody's religious teaching but you have to feel the way god feels about you all the time you can't afford to feel the old way about anything because there'll be a snare to you because see we think in our religious minds if we feel bad enough for what we did wrong then maybe god will forgive us well he's forgiven you already so you can't convince him to forgive you more than he's already forgiven you you got me now the contrite aspect of your, your spirit being comes definitely, it, it's, it's out of your control. Did you know that? A mechanism of the Holy Spirit will enlighten you to your mistake and then that feeling of being contrite automatically, that's an impartation to you from the Holy Ghost. That ain't something you work up. That ain't something because you have such high moral standards you all of a sudden feel so bad about things. See, that's the way people in the world do. Huh? See, the liberal mindset, which we see on display every day, politically speaking and culturally speaking, the liberal mindset has its own set of values. It's not based on God's law. It's based on what they call, uh, situational morality. Which means the, uh, the sin du jour, so to speak. You know, the sin of the day. And whatever the sin of the day is, what, what the liberal mind will do is seek out people they feel are guilty and then point an accusing finger at them. So if you don't agree with them, you're a homophobe, you're a racist, you're a sexist, you're a, 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 a somebody who doesn't like women you hate women because you won't let them kill their babies and you won't pay for it you understand what i'm saying so that's the liberal mindset it'll shock you how prevalent that is in the church because most church people are still yet carnal minded apostle paul talked to his own church about that he said you are yet still babies if you're going through these routines about pointing a finger at each other and pointing out people's sin, looking for wrong on people all day long. And so what God wants us to do is grow up in the love of him, which means that when he says, love your neighbor as yourself, You first got to know you're loved by God. You got to first experience the love of God for yourself and be mature enough to know how to maintain that relationship and walk in it on a continual basis before you can love anybody else. The church's problem, we jump out here with this half-love stuff that we've been carrying around forever and want to make ourselves the king or the queen of love around the house. We love everybody. We don't. Well, and offended so quickly, it, it you know, God will expose that so quick. It's pathetic. You know what I'm saying? You know, He'll you you always bragging on how much you love people, and other people don't. He'll make you get offended. He'll have somebody come up to write to you, huh? They treat me bad and I ain't done nothing here. Welcome to the world. Didn't Jesus promise us that? In the world you will have trouble. But he said, quit your whining and cheer up because I've overcome the world. Next. What's your next complaint? Huh? And so if we will master the love walk, that's love. That's instantly forgiving and not looking at whether you deserve it or not. Now see, we all get in this trip where we say, um, uh, Jesus uh, uh, forgave all my sins. I deserve to die. But you don't really believe that. You think you deserve good treatment all the time. You know how I know? Because you get so upset when you don't get it. And see, we all backtrack and try to find out, what did I do wrong? That is, okay, which... That's what witches do. They try to undo the evil in your life by backtracking. And they try to make you think you can avoid it the next time. You ever live like that? I did. It's a waste of time. See, we live cautiously backtracking, trying to figure out how not to have something bad happen in my life because I can't take it when they don't like me. Jesus said you better learn how to take it. If you going to follow me, you better learn how to take it. And bring it to me so that I can get it off of you. And I can cleanse you from all unrighteousness. See, when we see that scripture, we think unrighteousness means what we did. Sometimes it's what others do to you that sticks in your soul that you find it hard to get rid of. That's all unrighteousness. All unrighteousness me not just yours, but others. So you got to be cleansed from what people do to you. Instead of wearing it like a badge or something and going around telling people you didn't get 15 hugs a day, I didn't either. But I know what what I did get when I needed 15 butt whoopings a, a day, if I needed that, that was love. See, we want to be coddled in our sin, and our wrongdoing. Hmm? Oh, yeah. Huh? Think we're supposed to get good treatment all the time, no matter what. Do you know how much the devil wants to kill us? And you think you're going to escape any kind of just by being nice to everybody and good? It's what you call good all the time. God has to prove you wrong. Cuz that's wrong thinking. You understand what I'm saying? And so you won't be able to undo your wrong. So quit thinking about how did it happened. It's not important. It's important is what you do with it from this point forward. Amen. Going forward is important. Cuz when when you're getting ready to do something make that same mistake again, God will jerk you up and tell you not to do it. Amen. He'll help you avoid Pitfalls. Lead us not into temptation. He, re, he responds to that prayer. And so when it's, it's time for God to come forth and to help us, He knows how to help us. You understand me? Your life is in His hands at all times. You don't have to go out trying to protect yourself, defend yourself, avoid trouble, anything like that. When the Bible says whom the son of God has set free, he is free indeed. That word deed means in your activities. So you're free to go out and explore obeying God. And if you make mistakes, he's big enough to help you, cover you, rescue you, whatever needs to be done. So that's what freedom means. When Paul talked about uh, those who were, were not, uh, a part of us came to spy out our liberty. Yeah. What they really wanted to say, how come y'all Christians got so much joy? How come y'all have so much freedom to do? You, you know, we ain't allowed to do this. We ain't allowed to wear that. We ain't allowed to get up and dance in church. We ain't allowed to, you understand what I'm saying? How y'all get so much freedom? Because they were still living in the don't do this, don't do that, taste not, touch not, want not, handle not. And see, people who live like that are actually jealous of people who are free in Christ. So we might as well rub it in. Get as free as you can be, huh? And when people try to uh, put a, a label on you, a name call you, tell them, honey, my sins are forgiven. Yours can be too, huh? And that's just the truth of the matter. Well, you can't be that casual. I'm not casual about sin, baby. I hate it. But I don't have to wear that hatred on my face all the time. You understand? And I don't have hatred in my heart for anybody. But, yeah, I try to avoid sin like the plague. I don't even try to come near it. Huh? it was so funny apostle barbara she was so cute she said people say woman you over 60 years old why what you scared of <laughs> she said i'm scared of you huh i won't have to slap you if i don't go dating around and laying around and all that kind of crazy stuff you don't need to do that to find out who god has for you good grief Most things we pray about and we can accept a confirmation from God except for when it comes to who you're going to marry or who you're going to date or something like that. You know, learn how to respect the God in you. Yeah, I'm free to say yes and I'm free to say no. Amen. And let that freedom reign in you. There'll come a time where there's somebody that God can trust with you and you can trust with you. But let that develop. Don't be quick to jump out there and, you know. Get crazy. Yeah, yeah. But you don't have to get, you know, standoffish either. Like, oh, <laughs> seriously? <laughs> I mean, let, let me do that. I'm old <laughs> enough I can get away with it. No. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying. Don't act like somebody's yeah. trash. Right. You know, compared to you. Yeah. That's not love either. Right. Amen. I can't go there. Let me just go here. Okay. Alright, so. <laughs> 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 she making me blow my mic. <laughs> I love you sis. Amen. All right. So, this is the truth. Many times we pull our attention to the visible realm. So I want to tell you it ain't what you think. The visible is not what you think it is. It looks, sounds and feel like it feels like God is not working. And that's the devil's job to manipulate his own realm. The visible realm is Satan's realm. The natural world. So it is his job to manipulate the visible realm to make it look like God's not working. And then he'll start messing with your head and telling you how to interpret what you see. The truth is we have no idea how the word works. Amen. Everybody's holding their breath. Exhale and say amen. We don't know how it works. How do I know that? Jesus said that in his word. Amen. So in Mark chapter 4, why don't we turn there? Let me see what we have in that. Mark. Yeah, 426. And he said, so the kingdom of God is as if a man should cast seed into the ground. So you plant, plant your seed. And now in, in dry climates, they just scatter the seed along the top of the soil and come by later, pack it down. And then the rain begins to pack it down too. So it gets watered and packed down at the same time. And he said, and and he goes to sleep. Which means that's a big thing for us as believers. Don't keep looking at that seed and asking God about it. Go to sleep. Huh? That means don't put your attention on it anymore. Let God call your attention to it when it's time. See, the devil likes it for us to plant things in God's vineyard and then he want to come along and help us tend it. Uh, When he never gave nobody nothing, he's never, he'll promise you a lot of things, but he never delivers. And so he'll have you let God help you plant things in God's vineyard and then he wants to come along later. When it's, when it's growth time, while you're sleeping, disturb your peace, wake you up and say, Hey, remember that seed you planted ain't coming up yet. What's wrong? Uh huh. That's him saying that. That ain't normal to think that if you're a kingdom person. And that's not like how, that's not how God tends, helps you tend the garden. You look at the cases that Jesus, where where people planted seed where they say, I want to be healed. And you look at how Jesus helped them tend that garden. What did he do? If they didn't have enough faith when they came up, he ministered to them, maneuvered them around until he got them in faith and he could give them what they asked for. That is not the ministry of Jesus to tell you what's wrong with something. Do you hear me? He comes with the fix. He don't come with the accusation. Because see if there's something wrong. He's the author and finisher of it. So he has a plan to finish your faith. And it's going to wind up good. He's going to wind up giving you what you ask for. But you got to get the devil out of the situation. You have to stop giving attention to these errant thoughts that will come along that is none of the devil's business didn't jesus say that the key the prince of this world is coming and he has nothing in me in other words i don't use the devil to help correct my kids i don't use the devil to help you learn nothing i don't use the devil to help you teach you anything he has nothing to do with my business So Jesus takes care of his own insiders all the time. Amen. He don't need the devil to help him take care of his business. So Jesus says this. He says that he should, and he goes to sleep, and he gets up every day, rises up day and night. And the seed should spring and grow up. He, what, knows not how. So, we don't know how this happened. How dare we try to critique it, judge it, criticize it, Tell us when it's time for it to happen.
1: huh,
0: Ooh, it's been a long time. How would you know that you don't know how this process happens huh see it's easy to start dipping into something you don't know nothing about It's easy to jump into some business that you have no. Ability. I mean, people do that all the time. No ability to, to know what's going on anywhere, yet they want to be in charge of everything. They want to be, uh, on the receiving end of all the praise and all the, huh? Watch anything that happens, whether it goes right or goes wrong, somebody will say, I knew that was going, everybody wants to be a prophet, you know, after it comes through. You don't say a whole lot when you're trying to say, this is gonna happen. That's gonna happen. I don't know how that's gonna. Well, you know what I'm saying? I'm all, like I'm only guessing. But then as soon as it happened, I knew that was going. All these false prophets running around here, or prophets after the fact. Monday morning quarterback prophets. Amen. They say you will know how this happens. This is one of the mysteries of the kingdom, is how the seed. And listen, we have have scientists now who can examine um, is what we call seeds or germs or um, uh, uh, embryos, that kind of stuff, uh, life in the growth stages, and they still can't. Take. If they knew how stuff happened, they have a cure for cancer tomorrow. They'd have a cure for diabetes tomorrow if they knew how it happened. So see, that's still one of the mysteries of the seed. And it's one of the mysteries of the kingdom. And God ain't stupid. He's not going to have everybody knowing everything all the time. He locks knowledge away. You know how long it took people to figure out the earth was not flat anymore, was actually round? They had trial and error, experiments, people going as far as they could in the ocean, being scared they were going to drop off and turn around and come back. And they would go further and further and further and found out that the earth was actually, guess what? Like the Bible says. You think some idiot could have read that in the Bible and knew that all along? As long as they had Bibles? See, even knowledge that's revealed can be locked away from us. If you don't go through God and get what you need to get. It's like people, well let's take care of the environment. Uh, you don't know how. (laughs) What you thought wasn't harming the earth yesterday is now all of a sudden a major problem today. Huh? Well, I think it's global warming. Yeah, well, uh, hell is hot. (laughs) And it's getting, this earth is getting more sinful every day, so I would say it's warming up. All over the place. Uh, laugh. You need to laugh, cause this stuff is hilarious. You know, we've had had comedians with more revelation than some church people have. Huh? Uh George Carlin, the comedian. He passed away a few years ago. He was really a preacher. He would get. He said, "How could man be so arrogant as to think he can control the universe?" And he would make fun of the global warming people. He said, ah, just, just keep at it, keep at it. He said, you don't have that much power, you're not that intelligent, and you could never do in a million years. And it all pointed back to God, the creator and the author of all things. So he says, you don't know how this happens? Now you can ask. But me, myself, I would rather just deal with what we have revealed. That takes up enough of your brain and your spirit. He says, because the earth brings forth fruit of herself. The earth brings forth fruit of herself. Oh, yeah, because see, when we call it Mother Nature, I knew that was right. Hello, idiot. You missed the whole point. The point is the earth does this by itself. So what does that mean? That means the earth has a somewhat intelligence, somewhat programming, somewhat life in that it can respond to instructions from somebody whose instructions you think the earth responds to because if it does it of itself, it must be pre-programmed by God to do certain things. You don't have to tell. I mean, you can now listen, you can 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 increase and perfect everything that your garden does with the word of God. Just give it more of what it's got already working in it. So you can can speak to plants. Remember the crazy hippie people that would smoke pot and speak to their pot plants and command them to grow? And they seem to have bigger plants and so forth. Well, somebody tapped into something, even on the carnal side. But this is the truth of God's kingdom. It can be enhanced and strengthened by the same thing that God had started, and that is more the word of God. So, and man being... The tender, the legal, actually the real legal possessor of the earth. Because we come from the earth. So we have a kinship with the earth. And God gave us dominion. That means lordship. That means that we can, what we say goes. Now as fallen beings, God had to put a stop on what we would do to the earth in our speaking. And are behaving. By putting a curse on the earth. Which meant that our words would have limited impact. On our surroundings. That's why sinners can't destroy it. Global warming or not. They can't destroy it. Because there's a curse on their words. Their words and their actions are going to have very little impact. Unless God permits it. God is still in control. of He's still all powerful. But what God will do is for kingdom purposes, he will allow his children to begin to speak his word with power to get an expected end that he desires on the earth. So God wants you well. He wants me well. He wants all of us well. And so he will put power in our own mouths to speak to ourselves to be healed and drive sickness from the midst of us. He said his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. Our own things that destroy us. That's why I don't like when people say, well, I live this kind of life and, and I guess I deserve. Oh, no, you don't. Who told you that? Nobody but the devil told you that. Have you not heard? <laughs> Do you not know? Have you not heard? And so we can undo with our own power that comes from God negative things that have happened to us, negative things that we Because it's all the devil's trick to get us under his control. So if God has destroyed all the works of the devil and brought us over into his kingdom, he begins to restore our dominion for his reign and his rule through our own mouth, through our own spirit. Your own words, so that's why you can speak to things and you can see a correction in them, and you can see a restoration to perfection in them, because God has permitted that because of your redemption in him. He has bought you back. Know what that means? He can finally trust you. You don't belong to the devil anymore you're committed to him so he can trust you to put his word in your heart if you'll hunger after his word and you'll see to it that you live for him he will start to trust you more with words and he will put words in your mouth that will eradicate sickness that will eradicate poverty that will get rid of sickness on other people Will lead people into His kingdom, make more sons and daughters of God just like you. He'll trust us to do those things. And so, because the seed the earth brings forth of itself, then God puts people back into the earth with His power and His word, who can help that process come to pass. There are testimonies of people that during the great droughts of the 30s, and you know those. John Steinbeck books is too thick to read, so you wait for the movie to come on. You know I'm talking, Grapes of Wrath and all these Okies and people living in the dust bowl and all that kind of stuff. There have been people known to be living in areas like that that are tithers, and they would have rain on their patch of land, and everywhere else around them was nothing but drought. Why? Because they can speak to their crop now. They can tell their crop, it must grow and it must flourish. Father, I thank you that that rain will not be withheld because I tithe. And you said you'd open the windows of heaven and pour out rain to bless my crop, amen, and eradicate drought. And see, the thing of it is, God wants to do that through his people more and more. And so he's going to, there will be a time when God will use his people to a larger degree, I believe, because we're getting more trustworthy with the word. And you can't tell me we're not, because we're seeing the results of it more and more. You're seeing more people depending on God for their health. You're seeing fewer people trying to run to Every Tom, Dick, and Harry doctor they can. Even people who have medical care now are looking for what they call holistic medicine because they don't trust pills, they don't trust knives, they don't trust people. You understand what I'm saying? That's God working on them to point them in the direction of divine health. And see, they'll get there one day. They'll they'll even learn how to speak. People uh, People, sinners, are learning how to watch their confession. Now they don't know that they can't get what they could get if they serve God and confessed his word, but they're wise to it. You understand, it won't be long before they pick up on it and they'll hit that wall and not be able to do much with it and they'll realize, I must need God, just like them crazy Christians always told me. Because they'll want to see good things happen for real. And they'll be willing to give up sin and, and give up unrighteousness so they can get into that realm where it's all good and where God can pour out blessings. We won't have room to contain it. So, so Jesus said this. He said, you don't know how this happens. He said, but the earth brings forth fruit of itself. This is verse 28. First the blade, then the ear. After that, the full ear of the full corn in the ear. And if anybody's watched corn grow, it's kind of a slow process, and it's very boring. So you have to go to sleep on that process. You understand what I'm saying? And so everybody, I don't care who it is that plants what, when that first green shoot comes up, everybody's, oh! Now what are we all so excited about? Huh? I remember we used to have that thing when I was in elementary school. Remember they would have the garden every year? And they make you, they get you those little pots, they were all connected, and you all, your pot was always connected to some kid that didn't do his job right. And yours died, because somebody didn't water it right, or put too much water on it. Huh? or put glue in it there was some kid that I was sat next to he ate glue all the time it's, it's everything Well, you know what I'm talking about but we always had those little projects and we go home over the weekend and come in on Monday and all of a sudden everybody's little shoots are growing up and then there were some that didn't come up yet the special kids no I'm messing with you yeah right but what did the teacher tell you oh don't worry about it they're going to come up Some come up quicker than others do. Then the kid that had the one that came up real fast, after a while he slowed down. And yours shot up and you felt real good. Well, what are you getting all excited about that little green shoot for? That ain't even the flower. Huh? But we know life is there. And that's what God does. He quickens us. When that seed of God, the seed of the word of God, gets in your heart in faith, you get quickened. Amen. Don't you get a notice from the Holy Ghost that that thing is real? And then you begin to expect and you begin to believe and you begin to get excited about it. So Jesus says, you don't know how this process happens. And it's the same thing about his word in the kingdom. We don't know how it happens. But yet the enemy will try and make us want to critique it. Say it's not going to happen. Even though we've got signs of life. Huh? Whenever there are signs of life. There's evidence that life is there. Amen. So when you get that. That registers in your spirit. I'm not talking about your head. I mean in your spirit. You get a, a um, peace on the inside of you or sometimes that quickening is a real flash of of life, you know, where you can tell there's life there. And so uh, you you come to an understanding that there is something real going on there and that that life is going to come to full fruit if you continue to tend it. So we must trust, and so if we are like that farmer, we go to bed at night and trust that the seed is growing. So every time you recline, you need to say, God, I thank you that that seed is growing in me. I thank you that the seed of my promise is growing. I thank you, Lord, for what's growing on the inside of me. I thank you, Lord, and I speak life to it. I encourage life in it. And I thank you for it. That's how you tend your garden. Cause you, you don't know how this process happens, but you want to encourage it anyway. Amen. It's like, uh, you know, uh, uh, the human, human birth process. Many people don't really understand it, but we know there are signs of life and we know there are signs where life is, it's imminent for life to come into this world. Amen. And so, People try to understand it as best they can but they're still very limited even though people are very skillful at terminating it and also skillful at preserving it when it's threatened to be terminated. And so we have to understand that there are signs and that's all there is. There's not much understanding on our part but there are signs of life even in the realm of the spirit that we can appreciate as spirit beings there are some times when when you'll say to yourself "Well, i'm just tired not quitting all this kind of stuff and then somehow something brings you back so you don't understand how this happens but you know that there's signs of life there as long as there's signs of life you must go on with life amen sometimes we feel we go on with life kicking and screaming shackled down amen <laughs> we used to have uh, women. when I knew when when I was uh, when we were growing up, some of them had a whole bunch of kids. You know, and you wonder they just everywhere. You know, they can't keep up with them. It's always problems. Is what it usually amounted to but they didn't know how it happened but they did know that they had kids around everywhere and that kind of stuff and they knew how to tell when one was on the way they knew what to eat when it was you know you understand what i'm saying you do it all by signs of life when signs of life are there you encourage life and so that's all God wants us to know. If, if He's ever promised you anything, if you ever began praying for it, that seed got planted in your heart and that seed is going to mature and it will come to pass. But you have to encourage that by, by giving the life more life. You can't terminate it and kill it with your unbelief and with your words. And so that's what we need to talk about is, is what happens in the process to try and get you to go dead on the, the promise, what happens to try and get you to abort what God is doing in your life, yes. and how the enemy is always after us to abort the life that God wants us to cultivate. Yes. You can't stay neutral on life. Amen? Amen? You know, women who who are pregnant know if you don't eat a certain amount of calcium, that baby going to get it and you're going to steal it from your teeth. First thing you know, you got a cavity. How'd that happen? You don't eat enough calcium. I thought I was doing good. Listen, that life is going to draw life from somewhere. That's why many times promises that God's made to us once we start praying for them. He will start to all of a sudden, Pete, you ever notice that just when you want to give up and quit, somebody around you will say something that will make you remember, will quicken in you that life again to show you that life is still there. Your problem is you're not feeding it enough life on your own, but I'm telling you God will do it himself if he wants it. Do you hear me? God will do it himself because he can't deny himself. He said when we are what? Faithless, he remains what? Faithful because he cannot what? Deny that he told you he wants you to have it. So you want to encourage what he encourages. You want to get the hang of this thing. Everybody wants to get the hang of it so we can get more stuff faster. Well, this is how we get more stuff faster. So we must trust that the word is working on our need and therefore it will come to pass. You gotta believe that. You gotta believe it all the time. You gotta believe it every day. You can't have a day off to be normal. Well, it's just normal sometimes. No, it's not. You need to know it's not. You need to quit trying to be so normal. Don't you want this or you want to sit and argue about being normal? See how we missed the point? It's so easy to get over into carnality in your thought life and miss the whole point. Well, listen, I thought we were talking about you getting this to come into your life. I didn't think we were having a conversation about what's normal and not normal. You can't have both of them at the same time. You cannot have two visions at one time. So he's working on that need. you got to believe he's working when you're not. But don't go AWOL. you got to believe it will still come to pass. We must tend the garden of our hearts. We must water the seed with our faith in God's faithfulness. So what you are watering, you're not trying to come up with some miracle grow to make it grow overnight. You're just being faithful with what God gives you. So having faith in his faithfulness means that you live a life of thanksgiving. Always express it. God don't believe you thankful unless you say it. I have such gratitude in my heart. Well, you better tell God about it. Don't be telling me. I can't help you. If He don't give me something for you, I can't help you. I'm trying to tend my own little... Thanksgiving is one. Worship is the other. There's so many promises to those who fear the Lord. Amen. Wealth and riches will be in your house. Even your children will be mighty on the earth. Amen. Generation of the upright will be blessed. And praise. Just always inviting God in through the vehicle of praise. Amen. As always, thank you, Jesus. I praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Endeavor to stay in faith. That's what you've got to do. you got to know how to do it. See, we don't know how this seed thing goes, but we do know certain things and how to do them that will support the growth of it. So that's what you want to do. Keep a weed-free atmosphere so that promise can grow. You need to understand that faith is an action, it's not an attitude. Nobody can look at your face and tell if you got faith or not. But God can tell by what you do. Amen. He don't believe you, believe nothing till you do something. Amen. So endeavor to stay in faith. Faith, faith is an action. It means speaking and expecting. Your spirit life must be engaged in the promise at all times. Don't let your spirit disconnect from the promise of God. You know, some people are so angry at God, they'll leave church just to get rid of the faith that they think they're, see that faith in them bugs them to do something with it. Huh? You ever see, I've seen people do this. They they believe in God, they're they're stretched out and they're stretched out and, and then months and then years go by and they don't see anything. Right. Then they start looking at people around them and accusing them. Yeah. Yeah. See, when you can work your little corner, you don't know how you did it either. Right. Right. And they see you have a testimony or see you have then they're angry and they're jealous and then they accuse God, it's working for everybody but me. Right. Yeah. And see, their own faith in them starts to judge them. See, faith passes judgment on unbelief. So they'll cut tail, they'll start lying on the preacher, lying on the people, and run out of the church and leave just to get rid of the self-condemnation that their faith is, is putting on them. Every time you get in the presence of God, your faith passes judgment on your unbelief, which means, idiot, go get in the word, confess your unbelief, and get back in faith again. Listen, the people who are sitting here that's got their stuff, that's all they do. And see, the devil will tell you it's something different about them. God is treating them better than they treat Look how they treat you. Look, look, And chase you out of there. And see, he's disconnected you from your faith, so he thinks. Now, you can run from it, but you can't hide. Because the Holy Spirit's living in you. If he don't move out, you can always... Fall under, uh, conviction to get yourself right with God. So you can get back in there. But see, the longer you're away, the more stupid you feel trying to go back. See, so they got you in prison then. Huh? That's why I tell y'all stay away from them people. Cause you think you strong, but you weak already because there's some about them you like.
1: You already proven
0: you weak because you like them. Huh? it is don't ever underestimate the devil he get a hook in you so strong you don't know like, like apostle borrows in your marrow the uh, devil will get you in your marrow <laughs> he ain't worried about your crazy soul he got that already he go get your marrow that's <laughs> funny yeah it was she said to me she couldn't get rid of that man for two years Uh, she said I said God you got to do she said my soul wasn't a problem she said I was done with him in my mind she said but my bones would get to turning around and running where I didn't want him to run she said he was in my marrow I said oh my goodness God will give you a bone transplant though won't he? he gave her one Well, now she's serving God. They don't get in too deep for God to deliver you. You just got to want to be delivered. So we said faith is an action. It means speaking and expecting. So your spirit life must be engaged in the promise at all times. Faith always moves you forward to the fulfillment of the word. Now, you got to watch your head because your mind wants to reason. Mm -hmm. And it will do it almost on its own. Now, you can disengage it from reasoning once you're on to that trick. You can fight that by just ministering the word to yourself and that's your answer. Amen. Let me tell you why man reasons things. Because it's a worldly wisdom way of getting answers. But God has a higher wisdom way of giving you answers, and that is ministering the word to you, which is higher than your thoughts and higher than your ways. And so even though you know God and you know God's helped you in the past and God can do all of these things, there's still a temptation there to reason things. Let me tell you one thing that reasoning does. It will bring you a peace that you're seeking. See, when you don't know something or you have questions or you have problems, you don't have answers, that disturbs you. It disturbs everybody, disturbs your peace. Listen, inventors get successful because they're disturbed 24-7. Like when they start trying to figure out under a microscope what a germ is and, and what it consists of, and everything, they don't sleep. They'll get up in the middle of the night, go into the laboratory, and, and most of them that get answers will tell you they were so far on the wrong track by their reasoning. They have a word in the scientific community called serendipity. You know what that means? They don't know how it happened, but it just happened. It was just the right thing at the right time, at the right time. That serendipity happens to be God yes. giving them the answer. Because the reasoning wasn't getting it, and God said, oh, you poor thing. Let me just show you. They say pastor, uh, because French people tend to take holidays seriously. You know, when you go on holiday, you pack up for two weeks. You don't care if the dog gets fed. You don't care if the kids get taken care of. You just go. And they leave work for prolonged periods of time to go. Because for them, a holiday means going a four-day journey to get to a different place. You know, Europeans do that. They go from country to country and all that kind of stuff. So when Pasteur returned, he found that the um some... of uh, he was um, uh, testing to see what would grow on his Petri dishes. And he began to see some growth that he would not have seen had he kept up his 24-7 worrying and checking it every day. He threw them all in the incubator and came back and saw growth in certain areas. And that allowed him to be able to pick apart and he figured out incubation periods for certain kinds of diseases based on the fact that he was looking for them to grow in two or three days and it took some of them two and three weeks to start to grow. And so he began to develop theories based on the serendipity of not even being there to check his work. Shows you how important we are in the process of most things. you got to depend on God to bring you answers. You've got to depend on God to give you enlightenment. And that was God showing him, look, here's the answer right here, but I'm getting glory out of it because you never would have found it on your usual method of checking things. Amen? And so when we understand that we don't understand how this grows, then we can understand that only God can help us in our faith journey To get our answers. Man is real funny. We'll pick a formula or a step method every single time. And work that formula over here. In our laboratory. And God's over there. And he's trying to get our attention. So we can partner with him in the answer. And he can give us a real answer. Instead of our fakie stuff. And then when your steps and formulas, you give it your time limit and they don't happen, then you say something's wrong. Well, the problem's you because you're not including God in what you're doing. You need to be so full of worship. Father, I thank you that I know that I know that I know you want me well. And by your stripes, I am healed. Father, help me to expect to be healed every day. Don't let me go, don't, don't let me go limp on the job. Let me expect it every single day. Let me expect my answer and my prosperity every day. Let me expect my boss to give me a compliment and give me a raise every day that I go in. Yeah, I Most people go into work blowed up. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean. Don't want to be there. Right, right. huh? Yeah, right. Mad because you don't get as much money as you think you ought to get. Right. huh? Well, that's not impressing God. Oh, so endeavoring to stay in faith means to do the actions of faith, speaking God's word over your promise, expressing thanksgiving to him, praise and worship to him. So in making sure your spirit life is engaged in the promise at all times, faith tends to move you forward toward the fulfillment of the word. So when you want a reason, you have to consider not you got me reasoning feeds doubt reasoning is not doubt but it feeds doubt because you'll think to yourself why is this not happening then all of a sudden an answer comes to you oh it must be so and so or that's reasoning god don't work like that god works by encouraging you he won't say when you start asking questions like that he'll say he won't tell you anything God, why is this taking so long? Who's got an answer, honestly? Number one, you don't want one. You're just running your mouth. You're you're expressing frustration. You don't really want an answer, so God's not obligated to answer you if you don't want an answer. Number two, there is no answer to that question for you. Because we already admitted we don't know how this process happens. So how do you know if it's on time or not? But we do it anyway. So you have to drop the reasoning devil from your mind. The one that wants to understand the deep mysteries of God when he don't even understand how to give praise and worship honestly. You know, we want to go deep when we haven't even perfected the superficial. You understand what I'm saying? And so when we when we understand that reasoning is from the devil, it's from the carnal realm. Reason gives very few accurate answers because it does not include God most of the time. Reasoning is always considering the natural and what it looks like. So you have to stay out of that trap. Reasoning is a sneaky way of you considering your own body, considering the things of the earth realm. Consider like Abraham considered not his own body. That's how he got a miracle baby when he was a 100 years old. Now people will say, "Oh, hundred, It wasn't the same. Listen, hundreds a hundred. You understand what I'm saying? I don't care. But there are very few new things anymore. You know, God extended his life because God told him he was old. When God tells you, "Oh, yo," because He don't lie. And so. You can reason all you want to that a hundred was different than it was then, but, but what about his wife? Huh? See, reasoning will trap you when your answer depends on another person's cooperation. I'll say it again. Don't go to sleep on me, okay? Reasoning will trap you when you have to depend on another person's cooperation for your answer. And God always keeps us dependent upon somebody else for our answer. Yes. Why? So he, we can depend on him. Hello? He, it's built in to your situation. Your situation is not unique. Your situation is not, uh, uh, impossible. Your situation is, you know, uh, people say, oh, things like, oh boy, when I get so and so and such and so, I'm gonna have a quite such a testimony. I say, yeah, you will. you have a testimony of how you had to raise yourself from the dead to get what God wants. Yeah. And then you won't be so excited about running off telling nobody. You just be thankful you survived the process. Yeah. 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 God is not giving you problems so you can have a great testimony, so you can convince somebody to get saved. Get real. Life is too hard for him pulling our strings like that. So when you reasoning is considering, we say okay. So and reasoning feeds doubt. She gotta resist the temptation to try to figure out why. What you really say is it hasn't happened, and this is why. So you give yourself an answer to a question that you don't have the answer to. So you begin to lie to yourself. Mm. See, the reason I haven't gotten my credit through yet is because I have a bad credit score from, well, why don't you repent? Okay. See, that's, see, me, myself, when I need something from God, I'm nice to everybody. Everybody. I sow seed. I want to bless everybody. I want to encourage. I go all out. Huh? I get up under the worship and I I don't even have to have no music on there with me. I just dry till the water shows up. You understand what I'm saying? I go full ninja. Devil get off of me. Turn that plate down and everything. Huh? Yeah, You wanna be a good girl, so you, huh? You crazy if you don't? You see all the bad people in the Bible that got good overnight and God blessed them? God said, look at, look at so-and-so, how they contrite before me, how they humble themselves before me. And you think, huh? That's all it takes? Yah! Better be taking notes and writing it down, making it plain. So you can run with it next time you get in trouble. Hmm? Your mind does this on its own. So you got to stop the process. So your mind's going to start drifting, wondering, why is it taking so long? Why does this happen like this? Why does this, especially if it's something that bugs you and you can't change it, then you'll start to reason and try to understand why. Amen. Make the reasoning stop or you're going to prolong your answer. Because it's not feeding your faith. I don't care if it's truth and fact. You stop doing it because it's not part of the process you want to engage in to get what you need from God. Let me give you an example that's very common. People, church people, you'll see people on television raising money to stay on TV and they'll say well our our offerings always drop in the summertime because people go on vacation and I'm thinking click you know why I turn him off he's supposed to be a faith minister and he's letting the devil steal his money and reasoning it's because whenever they give you something negative and they know because you turn the channel Go to something different. You understand me? Because he's already limited his blessing, his ability to use his faith, all of that. And so year by year, he'll be expecting to have trouble during this time of year and the devil will accommodate him and God will let him because you got to be smart enough in God to shut your mouth. When you know it's going to hurt your results. Now let me tell you another reason they do it. They manipulate people like that. Because they can get you to start forking over a little bit more. Because we got a reason why it's not coming in. So you got to go harder so we can keep it going. You got me? And so it's all from darkness. And it, it, it has nothing to do. But see eventually their faith is sacrificed on the altar of reasoning. So don't let your faith get sacrificed on the altar of reasoning. And people will argue, but that is true. But that is why. But that is, that is, that is that, see, you're on a different page from them, so just leave them right there. Don't try to argue with people. If they want to hold on to reason and let go of faith, then let them. Yeah. The day will come when your answer to them, God will be able to feed back to them, because then they'll be on shipwreck. Almost and be looking for something from God. Now God will remind you, remember you had that conversation with so-and-so and they told you to quit trying to figure out why? Huh? Well, this is why. They were right. I sent them with that message to set you free. But God, that was 20 years ago, so get free. Either get free or stay there. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. However long it takes. They don't, you know, don't claim that. You don't have to claim that. I'm just saying it to make the point. You can stay there forever if you so decide. But you gotta humble yourself and come out of that. People don't like to be wrong. They don't like to be corrected. They don't like to, they say they do, but they don't. Cause when correction comes, it hurts your feelings. It's supposed to.
1: Because
0: that's what you're living out of. Put your feelings away. And your spirit can start to receive truth. And get you going. All God wants to do is motivate you out of your rut. Reasoning is part of self pity. You already think you lost the, the war. So you're given an excuse to have the funeral, huh? Hmm? We come to bury her, not to praise her. You know what I'm saying? What reason does? I to put you in the coffin, honey, until you couldn't get your promise because God didn't like you or something. If you believe the word is seed, then you have it all already. Don't say it's not coming. Don't say it's not happening. Don't say it's not there. Amen. You must call things that be not as though they are. You've got to say you've got it already. You've got to say it until you convince the demon atmosphere around you to give up trying to harass you about what God's doing. Amen. See, the first time you say, I'm healed... It seems like it's hitting a... There's something that's pushing back your words. Anybody notice? It don't seem... It seemed like a lie to you. That's not coming from you. That's coming from the atmosphere that has not yet supported what you are doing. But I worship God. I ain't talking about that. I'm not talking about that. There is an atmosphere that originally, pre- that already, always presents itself to your carnal man. I don't care what you say and how you say it. It comes there with a stop. Cause there, there, there are choices we have to make with how we use our words. The choice comes because there's an atmosphere presented to support both the natural and the invisible of God. The Holy Spirit's more powerful, so what happens when you start to get peace about saying you're healed and that other thing says you're not? The natural says you're not. What you have to do is use the force of faith to push that natural thing back out of the way so that you can be assured that nothing but faith in god is going to manifest and materialize that's why you can't get most things on one-time confession that's why you start getting tired of confessing that you have something that's not materialized yet huh because you have to keep pressing. That's the good fight of faith. The fight is that thing, that atmosphere, that counter thing that pushes against. You're calling those things that be not as though they are. Because why? You've got not only the atmosphere, you got your neighbor's words, you got unbelieving family members words you got doubting relatives words you got all that stuff coming at you continually you got stuff already in your memory that people have said that is never going to happen for you you crazy for believing like this so that's why it's a fight but the power of the greater one in you can repel it to the point where you can say it and get peace about it and understand that I'm gonna have to do a little work here. That's what you gotta understand about that. It's not God not want you to have it yet, and it's not that you haven't confessed it enough yet, like in a check mark system kind of thing. What has happened is you, there are forces that are repelling those words because the devil knows if you get it, it will be a permanent change in your life. In the life of those around you. And it will be a permanent change in him. Because he will lose something. Every time a saint gets an answer to prayer. The kingdom of darkness suffers a loss. And that's why he fights so hard. That's why he will turn family members against you. To make you think you are crazy. For believing God for something. You got me? He will marshal his forces. Arrayed against you. Amen. So that he can, can terminate your faith. He loves it. You know why? Because he knows how powerful it is. How powerful is faith? The Bible says Noah passed judgment on the whole world with what? His faith. Not him making fun of them. Not him saying no, 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 no. Look what God got me. I got a big boat. No, his faith. Just going about. He. And when you say faith, faith is an action. It's not words. It wasn't like he just kept talking and telling people. No, he kept building. And that's what you do. You keep building. If you keep building, it'll get there. The devil wants you to stop building. Look what he did to Nehemiah. They had to build with with a, a hammer in one hand a gu- and a sword in the. I was going to say gun, but they had guns back there. They had them. They used them. Amen you got to get hard down serious. No, I don't care if it's your two-year-old. You say, shut up. I cut you. Your mama cut you (laughs) with the word. You understand what I'm saying? Make those around you respect the word of God. Make them respect your faith. Amen? Because they're under judgment at all times. Trust me. Anybody's not on board with you and what God's promised you, they're under judgment by what you do and what you say. This enemy territory, love them, all that. Let's go party, let's go have a family reunion, whatever you want to do. But y'all my enemy, and don't you ever forget it. Because if you have to stand alone in this faith thing in order to get what you need from God, that's what you're going to have to do. Look at Noah. Eight people out of all the people in the whole world. That's all, baby. Think about in your situation, might just be one. But make sure you stand so that you can be that one. Amen, Father. Thank you. Why don't we stop? Father, we thank you for your your word for understanding. Thank you, Lord. It ain't what we think. Thank you, Lord, that it's working. Even now, the word is working in our situation. The word is working all of the time for us. The word is mighty. It runs swiftly across the earth, Father. And we thank you that we're riding on the waves of the Spirit in your word to what you have for us, and we will receive it. We thank you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen and praise